Hello, hello, everybody. You are listening to Throne Room Thoughts with Tanisha. The Bible tells us to come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. My hope and prayer for everyone listening to this podcast is that you'll receive the tools to boldly declare power and victory over your life in Jesus Christ. Hello, my good people. Hello, my kingdom citizens. How are you guys doing today? Welcome to another episode of Throne Room Thoughts with Tanisha. How are you all? I am doing well. As for me and mine, thank God we're doing well. And we are gathered here today for another episode of Throne Room Thoughts. It is a privilege and an honor to meet with you guys. What should my Throne Room Thoughts people be called? What should we be called? Should we be called roomies? Throne Room, roomies. I don't know. Let me know. Tell me what you think we should be called. Who knows? As of now, we are um, certainly children of the Most High King, and we are certainly kingdom citizens. How are my kingdom citizens doing? Let's get into what we're doing today on Throne Room Thoughts. Today, we are talking about how we take our lives off of autopilot. How do we get out of the routine that we have developed in our life, get out of that comfort zone and move into a place of intention and pick up the momentum in our lives. Let's talk about that today. Um, But first, let's get into some prayer. Heavenly Father, most gracious one, lovely one, awesome one, great and mighty one, thank you for another opportunity to open up your word today. Thank you, Lord God, for another opportunity in the land of the living, another chance, Lord God, to live out the plans and the purposes that you have for us. Thank you for this great chance, God. We know that everybody doesn't have this chance, but you've bestowed it upon us, oh God, not by our own might and not by our own power, but because your mercies are new each day. And we thank you, God. We thank you. We worship you. We praise you. You are the King of Kings. You are the master of the universe. And we thank you that you've brought us into your family, that we are a part of a royal priesthood, that we are kingdom citizens. And we know that that comes with certain benefits and privileges, Lord. And we intend to continue to explore that and to live that out. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence here on Throne Room Thoughts. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's roll right into it. For those that are joining us for the first time, we always start the podcast with the preaching potential quote of the day. What makes something a preaching potential quote? Preaching potential quotes are quotes that have actual life application and that actually resonate with us and can be taken to another level. We could actually expound on it and apply it to our lives. And so the preaching potential quote of the day comes from Pastor Stephen Furtick, who pastors Elevation Church. And he said, do not follow your passion. Find your passion and tell your passion to follow your purpose. Do not follow your passion. Find your passion and tell your passion to follow your purpose. I just love that. That is 
what we are all about here on Throne Room Thoughts. Why does this have preaching potential, one would ask. This has preaching potential because we don't want to just live and have success and do things well. Those things are great um, in and of themselves, but what we want to do is we want to live with intentionality. We want to live with purpose. We want to live out our destiny and ensure that what we're doing aligns with our God-given purpose. And so it's not enough to just have passion and feel fire and feel warm and tingly on the inside. We want our passion and our purpose to be in alignment with one another so that we can ensure that we are living our lives to the fullest possible potential. Um, And that is really along the lines of what we're going to talk about today also, because um, a lot of times we get stuck in a rut or we get on what I used to call the hamster wheel and you're just going and going and going and going through the everyday nuances of life, getting up, going to work, paying bills, taking care of kids and um, different things like that. And eventually we actually have to take a stock of our lives and, and examine what we're doing and where we're going and how it lines up with what we truly know we should be doing, what our purpose is here on earth. For all of my kingdom citizens, how many of you guys know that we all have a God-given purpose here, that God was very intentional when he created each and every one of us, that there are very specific things that God wants to have done in this world that he created you and I to do, very specific things that he wants us to do. Um, And so we want to be able to tap into that. We don't want to just be living. We want to be thriving and soaring and living in the overflow. We don't want to be living on what I call autopilot. Living on autopilot is living without much thought or consideration, without thinking about the bigger picture necessarily. It's just living and and getting by and and getting into your routine and letting that just, you know, be what you do. It's 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 living without putting a lot of thought into it. Um and we all um are either doing that now or have done that at some point where you know you have your job or you have your career, you went to school, you got your degree and you're and and around and around we go. But God wants so much more than that from us. He wants to to give us exceedingly and abundantly more than what we could actually, you know, think of for ourselves. As scripture says, his plans for us are perfect and pleasing. And so they're not just, he doesn't just have plans for us. He doesn't just have um, things for us that he wants us to do. His plans are actually perfect plans. So today we want to draw some principles from scripture per usual. Scripture is our blueprint. It is our manufacturer's manual. It is the bedrock of everything we do here on Throne Room Thoughts. And so we def- we want to definitely look into scripture and draw some principles from scripture that will guide us into um, living intentionally and guide us into, into discovering what our purpose is and how we are going to live that out and walk that out in, in life. So what are God's promises to you? What are the things that God wants to use you to do? How does God want to use you to serve humanity? 
What are the things that God put inside of you that need to pour out of you and spill onto others and benefit others? Because God is always concerned about his kingdom. And so he wants to use each and every person in the kingdom to affect change and have influence on another person. How is God going to use you to have influence on another person? What are those things that God put in your heart that he purposed for you and only you to do? There are books that need to be written. There are restaurants that need to be opened. There are ministries that need to be started. There are organizations that need to be open to serve others. What are the kind of things that God has put in your heart for you to do? What clothing line can he use you to develop that will serve his purposes and advance the kingdom? What songs need to be written? What what stage plays need to be written that will serve the kingdom? These are all the kind of things that um, we should be considering in terms of how we're going to serve the kingdom and how God is trying to intentionally and deliberately use us. So let's start of course, by examining what the scripture says. So second Peter chapter one, verse four and five says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Hello, somebody. Can we talk about that divine royal nature? Can we talk about kingdom citizenship. Thank you, Lord, for your divine nature and sharing it with us. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. What are the promises that God has put on your heart? What are the things that he has that he has placed inside of your mind and inside of your spirit that you know, that you know, that you know you should be doing. A lot of times we run from those things because just like Jeremiah or just like Moses in scripture, we don't think we're adequate enough. We don't think that we're ready. We don't feel able or confident. And so sometimes you know good and well what God has called you to do, but you are afraid And so you're running from whatever that may be, Um, you know, and so things like that come into play as well. But today we are going to delve into scripture. We're going to address those issues that have been a hindrance to us head on. And we're going to use the word of God to affirm our new understanding and to affirm the path that we are committing ourselves to getting on. So God has made promises to us and he has laid some things inside of us that he created us with that we want to draw on and that we want to really and truly maximize. Um, Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and anointed you as my prophet to the nations. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. So God is telling us right there that you're not an accident. You're not just a a product of circumstances. You aren't just here because of a decision that was made by your parents however long ago. Yes, those things may be true. However, God says before 
you were even born, before you were even a, a twinkle in your parents' eyes, he knew you. And so God had a plan and a purpose in your conception, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what we want to do is we want to find out what that plan and purpose is so that we can live it out. The Bible says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So when we have God on our side, when we're in his presence, when we have his power, when we are perfectly aligned with what he wants us to do and we take a step out on faith and we actually try to do it. There is where we truly find joy. There is where we don't have to work so hard. The world the world makes us think we got to work, work, work all the time. People are overworked and underpaid. People are overworked. They don't spend time with their children because they're concerned with keeping the bills paid and concerned with meeting all of the other needs. And so there's always this this message being sent to us in our culture and in our society that you have to work your fingers to the bone. But when you get in alignment with what God wants, it's not that it's not going to be work and that it won't take time and effort and energy, but there is a peace that comes with doing things God's way. There's a peace and a satisfaction, a peace that surpasses all understanding that comes with being in alignment with what God wants you to do. He will supernaturally infuse us with the energy and with the power and with the vigor and the zeal that it that it requires to do what he has called us to do. And so we don't have to worry about overexerting ourselves and working ourselves to the bone and neglecting other responsibilities because of what God has called us to do. If he has called us to do it, he will equip us to do it as well. So, um, so we don't have to have those kind of fears. The next scripture that we want to look at in terms of what God has to say about our existences for, it comes out of Jeremiah 29 and 11 for, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not disaster to give you a hope and a future. Ain't that good news? Y'all that is some good news. God has plans for a hope and a future for us, not for disaster, not to harm us, not for destruction. And so we can relax knowing that when we follow his way, the end result will be positive. The end result may not be easy. It is very challenging to step out on faith. It is very challenging to step into an unknown dimension. It's very scary to walk away from the consistency and the reliability of what you may know and go into an unknown territory. That stuff is scary. There's no doubt about that. I can't undermine that fact. But God promises us overwhelming victory. Scripture says overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. And so we know that at the end of it all, it will be well with us and we will succeed. How do I know we will succeed? Let me tell you how I know. Because in Deuteronomy 30, 8 and 9, the message version, which is pretty, I like the message version for this. It's really, it's really good and it's really plain. The message version says, and this is Deuteronomy 30, 8 to 9. The message version says, and you will make a new start listening obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God, will outdo himself in making things go well for you. Now, listen, that is a good place to shout hallelujah. Okay, that is a good place to say amen. Lord, I agree. It says, and you will make a new start listening obediently to God, keeping all his commandments that I'm commanding you today. God, your God 
A lot of times in scripture, you'll see it say, you'll see it written that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But right here, we're being told God, your God. He's not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's their God, yes, and thank God for all that he has done in and through them that we're still able to have the benefits of today. But guess what? He's your God also. So God, your God will outdo himself in making things go well for you. I can't imagine what that really means. I'm going to be all the way real with y'all. As much as I like to break down scripture and make it um, plain and make it applicable, make it something we could actually live by. I can't imagine what it must look like for God to outdo himself, for God to outdo his own self. That has got to be good. That has got to be so good. It's fattening for God to outdo himself making sure that things go well with me and you. So that tells me that I don't have to have any fears. I don't have to be scared to follow his ways because he will outdo himself making sure things go well with me. So there's a lot of really delicious things here in scripture for us to hold on to and for, for us to grasp onto as we consider what it's really going to take and what we have in store for us while we while we try to live out the plans and purposes that God has for us. What are some of the reasons that you guys feel people have an issue living out their, their God-given destiny or their plans and their purposes? What kind of things come up as a roadblock or what kind of issues come into play that stop you from taking on the full momentum and, and living in the, in the overflow of what your life has the potential to be? I have a few guesstimates, but of course, everybody has their own obstacles. Everybody has their own issues that come into play. For me, the top three reasons that I find or that I at least personally have had to struggle with, just being transparent with y'all, the top three reasons are fear, complacency, and comfortability. Point blank, period. It's, I'm not going to over-spiritualize it and I'm not going to make it deeper than what it is. Fear, complacency, and comfortability have been the major reasons for me that have stopped me from going full-fledged into another dimension. I've, you guys have heard me say this before. Um, I've, I've played my life very safe. And there's nothing wrong with safe necessarily, but a lot of times when God is asking us to do something, it requires us to have radical faith and radical faith ain't safe. Radical faith ain't familiar and it ain't comfortable. It's scary and it requires you to make a lot of decisions solely trusting that God is going to catch you and that God is lighting the path for you. And so for me, um, I've been afraid. I've had fear. You know, the and fear of the unknown, like what if, what's going to happen if, and, and, and what if this doesn't work out, then what, you know? And when I um, had my first daughter, forget about it, or I had to be extra safe because now I had another life depending on me and I certainly couldn't afford to, to gamble or um, make any uninformed decisions. But as I matured in my faith and as I begun to seek God and, and get into his presence more and more, the more I understood that going with God and trusting him isn't a gamble at all. It's actually a certainty that things are going to be well, as we read in scripture. And um, and it isn't an unformed decision. The more we delve into scripture, the more we understand the mind of God, the more we fellowship with God, and the more we get into our spirit that he has nothing but good and perfect and pleasing plans for us, the more informed we are. So you don't 
don't feel like you're making an uninformed, scary decision necessarily. So, um, fear was, was a real, a real big one, um, for me. And so, you know, that was something I had to get over and that I continue to work at daily, quite frankly. But let's look at what scripture says about fear. Psalm 27 and one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? So scripture tells us right then and there that the Lord is our light and our salvation. The Lord is our guide and the Lord is our savior. So why should we be afraid? The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, not a Lord, but the Lord is our light and, 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 and our salvation. The master of the universe is guiding us and the master of the universe has saved us. And so we don't have to fear because that's who we have fighting on our side. That's who we have in our corner. And so that really um, is a good scripture for us to grasp onto as we feel feelings of fear and we have doubt and we have um, all of these different things come up for us. Scripture also says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So the Lord is leading and guiding us. The Lord is taking care of us. And, and so we don't have to fear. We don't have to worry about how things will turn out. We can feel confident and boldly declare that things are going to turn out well for us. Um, let's move on to the next scripture in order to address complacency, because as I said, for me, um, being complacent with what I knew and having that consistency and reliability of, of what I knew at the time, the career that I had worked for, the education that, that I had worked for and things of that nature, those are things that became a crutch. And that sort of became a little bit of an excuse for me to not really go full fledged into the purpose that God, um, had for my life. So in terms of complacency, let's see what scripture has to say with being complacent and just settling for safe. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, now all glory to God who was able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So if God is able to accomplish infinitely more, if he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can think or ask, then why would we want to be complacent? Why would we want to settle for less when the master of the universe is able to give us more than we could ever even imagine? We want to live in a way that draws on that and that actually lives in that in that truth and sees that come to fruition. We don't have to be complacent and we don't need to settle because the God of the universe is able to do more than we could even imagine. Most of us have great imaginations. Most of us daydream all the time about our ideal life or what we want to have happen or what we want to see. You, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions every single year around what they want to do differently going forward and the outcomes that they want to see differently going forward. And the Bible tells us that the God that we serve is able to do that and then some, way more than we could even imagine. So there's no need for us to be complacent. There's no need for us to have, you know, fears and or at least no need for us to let the fears and the doubts seep in and control our decision making. Um, the last scripture I wanted us to look at comes out of Psalm 90 and 12 in terms of being comfortable. We cannot afford to be comfortable. We cannot afford to allow comfortability to set in and make us stagnant. 
or delay what God wants to do through us because as scripture says, there's a season and a time for everything. So if God wants us to do something, it's just like what he said, um, what um, Esther's uncle said to her in the book of Esther, that you have been selected for a time such as this. So I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody else, but like you might be thinking of an idea or an invention, whatever the case is. And the next thing you know, you see it on TV and you're like, really? I thought of that. Or like, I could have thought of that. That's, that seems so elementary. Like I could have easily done that. And it's like, because we don't capitalize on the season that we're supposed to be doing things in, and because we don't strike while the iron is hot per se, then yes, yeah, somebody else will get it done. It'll, it'll happen through somebody else. So we want to make sure that we are stepping in season and in sync with what God wants when he wants it from us. We cannot be comfortable and we cannot be complacent because we may very well miss our season. And that's how New Year's resolutions roll over from year one to year two to year three. 10 years goes by and you ain't no closer than you were the very first time you decided you wanted to do the thing. And we definitely don't want to waste that kind of time in the kingdom. Um, Psalm 90 and 12 says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. What does that mean? Teach us to carpe diem. Cease the moment. Understand that life is fragile. Life is fleeting. Life is short. You always hear people say life is short. That's exactly what it means to number your days, to understand just how short life is, that you don't have an unlimited amount of time here on this earth. The Bible says it was once appointed unto a man to die. And so we all have an expiration date. The question is whether or not your life is going to be a representation of all that God wanted to do through you and whether you will die empty and poured out because you've given everything you have to a better world and you've given everything, all your gifts and talents that God has given you, you readily shared them and poured them back out to benefit the kingdom and advance the kingdom. That's the only difference between one life and another life. And of course, here on Throne Room Thoughts, as kingdom citizens, we absolutely want our lives to be a testimony of God's goodness and of God's power when we're in obedience to him. And we want our lives to be a blessing to another person. God told Abraham he would bless him to be a blessing. And we know that as descendants of Abraham, we too are blessed to be a blessing. And we want to walk in that truth and live that truth out. So that is what um, I wanted to talk about with you guys today. I truly, truly hope that somebody listening got something out of that. Let us move our lives deliberately and intentionally with momentum into that next place, into that next dimension. Let us purpose in our hearts that we're going to run after God and we're going to go after God fearlessly so that we can really and truly live the life that we want to live. This is this is ours for the taking. This is not just for those people or for them or for or for somebody else. The ideal life for you is yours for the taking, but you got a purpose in your heart and you have to make up in your mind that you're going to align your thoughts with the thoughts of God, that you're going to affirm his word, that you're going to declare his truth over you and your family and your situation and your loved ones. 
let's make some quick declarations and then let's get into what I'm listening to today. Um, Lord God, we agree. We here on Throne Room Thoughts, we agree with your promises. We agree with your word, Lord. We align our thoughts with your thoughts, Father God. We align our our plans with the plans that you have for us, Father God. We declare that we are prosperous, that we are successful, that we are obedient, that we are healthy, that we are living in the overflow, that our anointing, oh God, is taking over, that we are connected to you and tapped into the King of King and the Lord of Lords. We declare and decree today, Father God, that every plan you have for us must come to fruition. We come against any plan of the enemy to distract us, to to scare us, to confuse us, to cause frustration and to cause impatience. We will wait on you, Lord, and we will follow your directions, oh God. Your word says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Your word says you will give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, Father God. Your word says you will give us exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask. And we stand on those promises, oh God. We declare and decree that we have all that we need and then some, that we are living in overflow, that we are living with an abundance of supply, Lord God, that every need we have is met, that the need that we, our children have are met, that we have no lack in our lives, Lord God. That we are blessed to be a blessing, Father God. That we are lenders, Lord God, and not borrowers. We need not borrow from anybody. We need not ask anybody for anything. We have an unlimited supply from you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for being the well that won't run dry. We praise your name and we bless you, Father God, for being the well that we could draw from at all times. Thank you for quenching every thirst we have. We've tried everything, oh God. We've tried sex. We've tried money. We've tried drugs. We've tried friends. We've tried relationships. We sought approval from family members, but thank you, God, for giving us a place in your kingdom. We have up approval from you. We have an unlimited amount of love from you. We have an unlimited amount of strength from you. You are our power. You are our provider. You are our sufficiency, Father God. So we need not look to the world. We need not look any further. We have you and we have the OG self-help book. We have your word, Lord. We have the Bible. We have the Holy Scriptures that we could stand on, Father God. And I declare and decree that we will live every day with intentionality. We will seek you, God, every day. We don't have the answers to how things will work. We don't necessarily have the logistics figured out, but we know, Lord, that because you are our light and our salvation, that our path is well lit, Father God, and our directions are well laid out for us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for every divine connection. Thank you for the strength. Thank you for the courage. Thank you, Lord God, for regulating our minds and regulating our emotions. Thank you for bringing everything into alignment in our lives, oh God, and finally making it make sense for us, God. Thank you and praise you, Lord. We praise you and we bless you. We lift you and we magnify you, God. We magnify you above fear. We exalt you above depression. We magnify you above anxiety. We exalt your holy name above sadness. We exalt your your name above premature death and infirmity. We lift you up and we make your name great, God. We make you bigger than any situation life could throw us. We make you bigger than division. We make you bigger than trauma. We make you bigger than anger. We make you bigger, Lord. We make your name greater and we magnify you above it all, Father God. In these things we pray, amen and amen. I love, love, love you guys. Love you guys. And I'm 
and I am fully committed to us being on this journey together. When I tell you I am preaching to myself and speaking to myself half the time, please believe me. We all have things that we are believing God for and that we have to trust God for and, and, and kick our faith into high gear. And I'm doing that with you guys. You are not doing that alone. We are doing it together. So what am I listening to right now? Actually, for the past couple of days, I've really been playing um, a song called Reckless Love. A couple of different artists sing it, but the version that I love the most is from an artist called Corey Ashby. I really hope I'm saying his name right. Lord, help me. Um, But yes, Corey Ashby. So Reckless Love, his version is the version that I actually prefer. I absolutely love that song. You know, when I consider... All the things that I've been through in my life, all the decisions that I've made in my life that have separated me and come in between my relationship with God and that God still loved me and still sought me ferociously and still came after me. That's reckless love. There's no logic behind it. You can't make sense of it. But he just loves us so much that when he has his eyes set on us, he will not stop until we give in. And what a sweet, sweet surrender it is. So thank you, Lord, for recklessly loving me and for recklessly loving us, your kingdom citizens. Um, don't forget, we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Email me your testimonies at throneroomthoughts at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys have going on. Let me know if you have any prayers that you want us to come into agreement about. I love you all. And as usual, it is a privilege and an honor. Bye. Until next time, be bold, be powerful, and be victorious. Stay connected at thronroomthoughts at gmail.com. Thronroomthoughts.